0: Welcome to Cafe Grit. My name is Beth Ann Campbell, and I'm the author of Where the Hell Is My Bacon, a book about shitty corporate leadership and fried pork. I've worked in the corporate world now for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. I open Cafe Grit as a place where you can join me in figuring out how to make your career life better, whether it's finding your voice at your current job, pursuing something entirely different, or working for yourself. This is a place to go when you've got the hankering for purpose, a taste for fulfillment, and you're tired of living the rat race. Thanks for stopping in. Cafe Grit is now open for service. Hey everybody, welcome to Cafe Grit, Season 1, Episode 9, Process Nightmares, I am very well equipped to handle nightmares. Um, my name is, of course, Beth Ann Campbell, former paranormal investigator. Yes, that's right. Ten years as a paranormal investigator. I could write a book, but let me tell you, folks, it's mostly psychological. I'm just going to say that. It's just it's psychological. It's very little paranormal. You got it's just people freak out. Fear is a very powerful thing. But anyway, that is a story for another day. How's everybody doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just sitting here sipping on my red clover tea with honey because I had a little scratchy throat. So just fair warning, it's going to be a Peter Brady kind of a day. But uh, I heard honey is supposed to be good for soothing a throat and maybe the warmth of the, the, you know, fake tea. I don't know. That might just be an old wives tale. But you know what? I love honey. It tastes good. Now, my husband, on the other hand, he is not a fan of honey. He calls it bee vomit. And technically, he's probably right. But you know what? It tastes good. I love it. But I digress once again. So, yes, process nightmares. Have you ever wanted to hurt somebody over a job aid? I'm just, I'm asking. I'm not, you know, I, I didn't hurt anybody. So, let's just get that straight. But at one time in another universe of Beth Ann Campbell's wonderful life, I did almost jump over a desk and choke somebody during a training for a new process. Because, like many processes, this one just was a little cumbersome, because that's what they're supposed to be, right? No. So this is a process that um, my company rolled out for some new software that they had implemented that handled help desk tickets, you know, like support tickets. Like when you call the cable company, like and you tell them, hey, I'm getting an error message on my TV. And the only way I can get rid of it is uh, if I reboot the cable box. And you tell this to the support tech, and you suggest, hey, maybe you could just send me a new cable box, because wouldn't that be the simplest thing to try? But he says, I'm going to reboot your box, as if I haven't already tried that a million times already. And I, I just said, that's the only way I can get the channels to come on. But okay, they've got to go through their thing. So I let them do it anyways. And sure enough, it fixes the problem, because <laughs> I just said it fixes the problem. But then the next day it happens again, and then you call support again, you get another Einstein, and you tell them, hey, I just need a new box. But instead, they say, no, we got to send a technician out, and then three, yes, count them, three truck rolls later, without success, they finally concede and send us a new box, which shockingly fixes the error messages. All of that shit is managed in some sort of a ticket or supporter or work management software. It, it, theoretically, maybe this is why theirs sucked because they didn't manage it, or maybe they had a process like I had. If they did, it certainly did not work very well. So um so my company rolled out this software many moons ago. It was not a cable company, by the way, it had a new ticket system, and it needed a job aid. So those of us using the system needed to know what is the process to use this? How do I use it? If I have a problem or a request, like maybe I need a server set up for a project, what are the steps that I take? How do I log in and get access to the system? You know, what's the workflow? Where do I start? What fields do I have to fill in? Which ones are mandatory and optional? Is it going to make me fill them in? How do I submit it? What happens? You know, is there another screen after I do all this, et cetera, et cetera? You know, I'm sure most of you have done this somewhere before. So they formed a group and then over some weeks or months, they came up with this job aid that's in air quotes. And this manual was something like 50 pages long and it was not an easy 50 pages. If I'm being totally honest, it was a bit of a shit show. Now, I consider myself a pretty intelligent person, but it was I found it very difficult to follow. And I wasn't the only one, one speaking out about this. I had some feedback from my team members when it was released. And I, I think I can sum up pretty much every comment I got by just saying, what the fuck? So I even at one point looked over this job aid and I kind of tried to map out what I thought I was supposed to do in this workflow. But I I, I did it for probably a couple hours, and I just stopped. And you, you know what, life is too short. I had too many other things to deal with. And I just I didn't have time to pull out my job aid translation dictionary and try to decipher this thing. It was about the length of a a Tolstoy novel. And I'm dating myself because who knows who even knows who Tolstoy is anymore. Anyway, so this team that put the processes together, they they did schedule some group training, which is great. Hey, that's exactly what we needed. Well, other than a more concise job aid, but it, it, it was a start. Okay, so we had this training in one of our annex buildings in a room with a bunch of seats. And there were kind of like a a modern version of the old school classroom chairs, you know, with, that had the attached desks. And those, I mean, I don't think those were ever comfortable, certainly not to chubby girls like myself. And the room wasn't set up very well. So as soon as you walked in, you know, you can see the chairs were kind of haphazardly, just kind of um, weren't in any order. And, you know, this has really nothing to do with the training. But when you walk into a place and it's already shitty logistics and and you're going to be uncomfortable and you know it, you're going to be in a crap mood right from the get go. So just mental note for anybody who's running any kind of a presentation or training, just make it comfortable and orderly and people will, will, they won't start off just being in a shit mood. So this training, more air quotes, is more or less just a presentation of some high level stuff. I didn't really find it very useful. There were one or two things in there, but really not very useful. And towards the end of this session, somebody asked a really good question and it was not me for a change. I'm usually the the crazy person raising their hand and saying, uh, no, I don't think we can do this in 30 days with 500 people, Jack. That's just crazy talk. Who told you that? Jorge. No, this is a different person, and but clearly thinking what everybody else in the room was thinking. And she asked, will there be a checklist? A what? How dare she? Now, I was secret- secretly clapping. I'm always thrilled to have another hand raiser in the room. But definitely there was a noticeable change in the barometric pressure in the room when uh, the instructor responded. She's like, why? What do you need that for? Now, I know the instructor did not mean to be dismissive. I'm sure she was frustrated. I've worked with her before. She's a great person. She was probably just very frustrated. Somebody's challenging her work. I get it. I would probably get defensive too. But it did come off as a little snarky. And um, it was kind of the last straw for me. I mean, this was like a culmination of a very long and, and, and frankly speaking, futile protest against these just horrible, complicated, not very helpful help docs. And uh, I had to hold myself back a little bit. I, I really did want to jump over the fourth grade desk chair and choke the instructor in that very moment. But I did not do that. I have, I've been in trouble before. That one time when I made my team into cartoon Lego people to boost their morale, and then I got pulled into a quote, very serious compliance and ethics investigation. So if you're interested in reading about that, you can see my LinkedIn article. Um, It's fun stuff. So I've been in trouble. I held fat back from uh, doing any physical damage. But I did respond. I did bark out a few choice reasons why we need a simple reference sheet. I mean, 50 pages is too much for this process. I get it that sometimes it's necessary, but it was not necessary here. This is people using stuff on a daily basis. They needed something easy to understand. And this document was definitely not easy to understand. Now, I did leave the company by the time the next process document came out for another system. And I heard it was even worse. Apparently, they didn't learn their lesson. But here's the thing. I get it. It's absolutely necessary to have a, a very comprehensive document On a system or a product, it really is. I I go through this all the time with my my tech team now, but this is wholly different than a user guide. User guide should be concise and easy to follow. It's it's kind of like like if you buy a waffle maker. Yes, somewhere there is a big technical manual that some somebody needs. I'm not that somebody. I don't need to know the innards of the Cuisinart Belgian waffle maker. I don't know. I need to know every wire, every gear, every he- heating element, and I, I don't even know if a waffle maker has gears, but y- you get you get the picture. I don't need to know all of this shit. The person making the waffle maker, or maybe the person who is fixing the waffle maker, they might need a 50-page manual. I don't need it. I just need to know how to turn the thing on. I need to know what temperature do I set it to. Does the lid stay open or closed when it's heating up? Where do I put the waffle batter for maximum perfect browning? How do I know when it's done? Is it going to alarm me or do I have to time it? What, how do I clean it? Boom, done. That's it. Two pages max. And I think this illustrates the, the frustration with this ticket system job aid. This was a comprehensive manual for the experts. We weren't the experts. We needed the two-page checklist for like the stupid people, not stupid, newbies. So a few weeks a few weeks uh, after this process was rolled out, I had need to know the workflow for creating a certain type of a support tick. So I reached out to this group and asked them if they could point me in the right direction. So I was sent to this woman that I'll call Winona. So very nice lady. Winona was part of the group that put the process document together. So she, you know, she would have kind of known a lot about this. And I explained what I was trying to do. And I said, you know, is there some sort of a guideline or a checklist that I could refer to? And she said, yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Finally, somebody had created a checklist. I was over the moon. This is exactly what I needed. So she sent me the documentation. And it was the presentation that was used in the group training sessions, the one that I said I did not really find very useful. So I thought maybe she misunderstood me. So I went back and I, you know, just clarified and she said, "Oh, oh, no, sorry, we don't have that yet. So it really just shouldn't be that hard. The goal when you're doing a process, and this is part of change management, right? And I talk about this in my book, Where the Hell is My Bacon? And no, it is not a boring book about change management. It's a fun book about bacon. It happens to have some lessons about change management also available on Amazon. But but, um, this falls into a category that I talked about, which is how the hell are we going to do this? So how do we figure out how the hell are we going to do this? You listen to the people that are using the product or the service. You engage them. This didn't happen. The, the people that were creating the process were not the users, n- none of them. You make it as easy as possible. You don't make assumptions, Right. Um, I see this all the time where there's a lot of assumptions made like, you know, log in and then like, well, how how do I log in? Maybe I don't even know that. Do I have access? Where do I get access? You split apart, you know, different workflows. Nobody wants to weed through like a ginormous if-then-else statement or a mind map to try and figure out where do I go next. And then whatever the case, you take the feedback and you use it to improve the processes. There's nothing more frustrating when you have then when you have to just try and find seek out search for basic information that you need. And you're not going to make any friends or get any brownie points if you don't listen to your users. And you're not trying to make things as easy as possible. So to kind of wrap up my story, eventually, somebody on my team actually took the time to weed through this 50 pages of manual and they put it together a process checklist. Thank you, Beth, other Beth, I'm other Beth, she's Beth. Um, I don't know how she did this, maybe she just used it enough times and figured it out. Or maybe she weeded through, I don't know. But um, it was um, very helpful. Okay, I'm going to stop here because I want to read some of your comments. So I did put a post out on LinkedIn a couple weeks ago. And I asked if anybody had any process nightmares of their own to share. So here are a few of those comments. This was not quite as hot a topic as working from home, but it was there. I still got some good stories. All right, Um, this first one comes from Heidi Medina, and I'm going to say her name because she's awesome, and you should follow her on LinkedIn if you don't already. If you don't, you're crazy. Anyway, Heidi says, I don't understand why people think they need to make things so complicated. It just leaves everyone frustrated, and then you have to field tons of questions. This isn't corporate, but I was working working with a business coach the year before last, and her trainings were almost two hours long each day. And then the work to complete each one was another two to three hours. It was just too much and you got overwhelmed so quickly because it wasn't given in bite-sized chunks. I ended up not finishing her program, but hey, I did learn something, what not to do in my courses. So there's the plus out of that whole thing. So yes, thank you, Heidi. Great point. Um, piecemealing it, right? This is this is a this would have been a great thing in the process that I was dealing with. It was just too comprehensive. There were multiple Paths branches that could be taken, and if they had just been broken down and maybe some of the more common ones put into a checklist, it would have gone so far. But instead, it was just kind of lumped together, and no one's going to spend that kind of time. Just as Heidi says, she she got tired of it. No one's going to do that. It's supposed to be easy. You're already struggling with a new system, or a process, or or um, whatever training, and it to make it even more difficult because you have to figure out um, kind of the basics is just, just folly. This next comment is from Susan. Oh, so many bad processes. The list is endless. I've been seeing this ad on Instagram lately, an 84-step process to create social media content. 84 steps? Who could possibly think that process would attract anyone? No one is the answer, Susan. No one would think that that would pass. An 84-step process to create social media content. I can't even imagine what 84 steps that you would take. Unless each step was a keyboard stroke and it was just 84, you know, words to make a good post. I don't know. This last comment comes from Stacy. In my old job, there was a process you went through when you had new staff joining your team. You had to get the paperwork filled in four weeks filled in, four weeks ahead to give the IT department time to get the new starter set up on the system and make sure they had the right equipment. It never worked got chatting to one of the it guys and apparently this is what happened a few people like myself followed the process while a lot of people didn't because those that didn't started getting panicked and shouty last minute they would get dealt with to shut them up this meant those of us that were organized would be pushed to the back of the queue it was a constant frustration that certain people could waltz around being disorganized causing stress and mayhem wherever they went and were allowed to get away from it get away with it i've also found that being Organized is an underrated skill. Well, I totally agree with that. So this is an interesting, we could probably do a whole show on two things, how the squeaky wheel gets the grease, because that's what's happening here. And also how there are like two types of people, the type of people like myself that care about everything and I get myself worked up about stuff. And Stacy is probably one of those people. We're just, we're, we just like to be thorough and, and we, we are very self-aware. And then there are the people of the world, probably like my mom, my mom was just like, whatever, you know, she just would show up when she'd show up and she just didn't care. And, you know, and I guess they're in defense, there probably were people that were just really, really busy. But, um, you know, she makes a good point about the people that yell the loudest are the ones that are going to get attention. I think I mentioned in one of the previous episodes that I used to prioritize my work based on who would I would get most in trouble with. No joke. Because I just had too much to do and I couldn't do it all. And it sounds like this IT department was in there too. But yes, again, I'm sure inefficiency played a part in here as well. So thank you, Stacey, for that comment. All right. I think that's it. Grit gods. Um, this has been an interesting um, interesting topic to think about because, you know, something that we don't really think about, but we deal with this every day, like the cable story that I told up front. I mean, that's honest to God's truth. has happened three truck rolls in this cable company came out here by the way three truck rolls two of the three i didn't even know they were coming they just showed up it, it, apparently work orders were created and they ju- but they never notified us so twice at late hours of the evening we had knocks on our doors hey it's the cable company here looking at one thing or another and it's very frustrating. So it can be frustrating for the people that are using that system, which would be the, the guys coming out in the cable trucks who don't really know what's going on. And it's certainly very frustrating for um, some of the folks on the other end. That would be me, the customer. So this is why it's very important. And we deal with this stuff all the time, every day. Um, we just don't really think about what goes into it. And um, But I'm sure like you, like me, probably think often how it could be better. So... Anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining. Thank you to my uh, my wonderful LinkedIn family for the awesome input. Don't forget we have a f- private Facebook group, Cafe Grit. We do continue these conversations in a safe setting, so check it out. We'd love to have you. Also, look me up on LinkedIn. I don't bite. Or maybe I do. Do I? I don't know. I'm Beth Ann Campbell, or you can follow hashtag Cafe Grit. I'm also on Instagram as @thebean67, t h e b e a n n 67 thebeann 67 Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Take it easy. Hey, everybody. Thanks for stopping by Cafe Grit, where the moxie is fresh, the passion cold brewed, and everything is served with a heaping side of mojo. If you like what's on the menu, please check out the Cafe Grit group on Facebook, where I'd love to hear your feedback and continue these conversations. You can also find me on LinkedIn as Ann Campbell. That's Anne with an E or by following hashtag Cafe Grit. And I will be forever beholden if you would give me a quick review on iTunes to make the Apple gods happy. In return, I will wish upon you copious amounts of bacon, your favorite hot beverage, and of course, pie. The music for this podcast is called Lounge Café, and it's by Dmitri Baliev. You can find more great tunes by Dmitri and others at audiojungle.net. Check it out. Thanks again for stopping by, and remember... You don't have to deal with the bullshit, and there is something better out there. Let's figure it out together. Take it easy.